Yes, hello. Welcome to the season of our discontent. You've joined the Reality Rights Podcast. I'm your host, Annalise. Thank you so much for tuning in to our very first episode. Today, we're going to be talking about climate change, homelessness, the crises that California is facing, and by extension, the whole nation, the whole world are facing, and How to Let Go of the World, a phenomenal poem by poet Franny Choi that fuses amazing insights about documentary style art and climate change issue action items. So without further ado, let me read the poem How to Let Go of the World by Franny Choi. There's a documentary about climate change called How to Let Go of the World, and Sam asks, should I jump off a building? Among a growing list of promises I can't make my friends, this weight will tether. You can come back up again. The faithfulness of gravity, of morning sounds. If only you'll stay. When I walk into the street, it's almost as if it'll last. Smudge of a cooked orange pressed into the sky. The cars follow all their old lineages back and forth from shifts. Meanwhile, three teenagers pile rollicking onto the sidewalk. I don't know how to do it. Hold their faces in my hands and tell them what's waiting. How to teach any of us to follow this song into what dark? One evening, I turned a corner and panicked at a sudden flash in my rear view, teeth chattering into my highest throat, every nerve prepared for the acid drip of cop talk until I realized it was no cruiser, it was the sky, the sky shocked with dying. I cried when I saw the photos of bleached reefs. Later, I had to cut the phrase out of every poem. Bleached reef, bleached reef. If a record skips, you bend low to greet it. You greet it with a cloth and your own good breath. When the Pyrex burst all over the stove, we stood still for a minute to let ourselves be rocked by the sound, the sudden natural disaster of our ruined dinner. To be safe, We turned to the ceiling and asked any spirits present to tuck themselves back into the drywall. Then we went for bags and brooms, picked out the shards, the ghost knives hiding in the tiles for our heels. I should mention that my first love left Earth from a rooftop, though he didn't jump, or he jumped only the way muscles do, on their way to sleep. I can watch the videos of brimstone eating California. I can listen to the sound of a boy describe how holding a line against fire might cut time off a sentence. I can hold my voice in my hands and whisper straight into it, but that doesn't make him hear. I can love and love his arms helping mine make something other than dirt and watch that love bleed straight into the space between us. And then, of course, it falls into a tunnel and gone. You can come back up again. Run and the sky will catch you in its thousand orange hands. You'll never land. 
I stalk the house, swatting the flies, thirsty for the sound of newspaper on exoskeleton, the satisfaction of a clean and bloody ending. When they're gone, I almost miss them. They fly out of my arms, I fly out of their arms. What's the German word for preemptively missing something so much you can't look at it? Literal translation, green, 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 and I hide my face. In Flint, I turn on the tap and out comes war wrapped in putrid cellophane. In Detroit, I flip the switch and boil water for tea. In Providence, I overwore the plants. War runs down my face in the theater's dark. I wade into a blanket of war and let its waves carry me out, out past the shoreline's certainty. In other words, I bleach myself. Other words, I leech bleakly, breathe sleet, a wreath of it. I flinch at the leaves, anticipating their reek, the graves of reefs. I bleach and bleach and watch the chlorine slip clean from my teeth. I want to tether my friends to the rooftop, railing the way we once pinned a blanket to the beach with shoes, books, bags of carrots, wine in a can. How we flexed and curled our toes until we found the damper sand, the soft homes of crabs below. But the wind won't stop coming. Orange and exoskeleton against our little shore. If only it had been a ghost that had shattered the glass. Some simple anger, some old fable we could soothe back to sleep with a few choice words and a handful of incense. Much worse than it was the heat. Much worse. The way molecules bend to the fact of it and break. I listened to those firefighters while, in Hamtramck, I waged a much tinier war against the dust on my blinds. I wiped and wiped to rid my windows of it. In the forest, rot feeds. The earth drinks soot and makes it into new leaves. In other words, it's the plastic here that makes dirt a problem. I bent low to greet it. It dipped a cloth in water to approximate a tongue. Meanwhile, the light through the slats shocked my image into slices. When disaster comes, some of us will stand on the rooftop to address the ghosts. Some of us will hold the line. Some will look for the shards, run our tongues along the floor. I say, when like disaster hasn't come, isn't already growing in the yard. Do I have to run through the list? The firefighter prisoners, my friend's islands slowly swallowed. War in my faucet, remember? Syria's the name of a drought. The name of this hurricane is Exxon. Exxon, I shout. I can pull as many weeds as I want. I stalk the garden, pulling them, thirsty for the sound of their true names wrenching out of the soil. Do I have to say it? They fly out of my arms. I should mention that when my first love died, I already had a stack of poems about missing him. I want to say this prepped me for widowhood, widowhood to the world, etc., the truth under the topmost sand is another, darker layer, damp from the ocean's closeness. There were days I begged to be buried in it, cool, mutable grave, reprieve from the unrelenting sun, sun, sun. 
Among a growing list of other things that are unrelenting, teenagers piling rollicking into the street, the shock of a citrus sky in midwinter, the way a phrase's shape can hook itself through your lip for weeks. Once Sam walked around a whole day, muttering, Soul, I say, and he did, and did. In lieu of a proper translation for my grief, I say, green, 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 until it cools enough to lower myself into. Holding my love's face in my hands, I tell him I miss him. I say, I miss you like I miss the trees. By this, I mean, look, the trees are here. Everyone's outside, darling. Green in my hands, ghosts in the drywall. Everyone's waiting for us. I should mention that when my first love died, he was already dead, had already always been on his way to the roof, on his way over its edge. And when he was here, he was here. By this logic, he is and was and is and was, unrelentingly. In lieu of proximity to firefighters, in lieu of the ability to speak the airless language of ghosts, or to reverse the logic of molecules, or to force Exxon to call the hurricane by its rightful name, or to convince my friends not to launch themselves from rooftops of every false promise made by every rotten idol. In lieu of all I can't do or undo, I hold the faces of the trees in my hands. I miss them and miss them and miss them until I fly out of grief's arms and the sky catches me in its thousand orange hands. It catches me and I stay there suspended against the unrelenting orange, I stay there splayed and dying and shocking the siren sky. So that was the poem. That's the end. And it includes lines borrowed from Banu Kapil, Martin Espada, and Laura Brown Lavore. And Franny Choi compiled these and created this absolute masterpiece of a poem that really bridges investigative journalism and art in the sense of personal needs and personal experience. And we all have a story, a narrative that reminds us of how sick the world is and sick in the sense of how vulnerable to our greed and how we've exploited that. That unfortunately, this is an issue of homelessness and how we treat it as well as how we take care of the environment in California. So apparently this 1,158 acre brush fire in the Pacific Palisades was begun by a homeless man, which is so unfortunate. City Councilman Joe Busciano has something to say about this that's very telling. He's running for mayor in 2022 and added a key point to the discussion about how this arrest shows the danger of the city's ongoing homelessness crisis while he did not comment on the climate vulnerability and how what are we doing to change that. He did comment on the homelessness crisis, so I will read that quote right now. 
Our homelessness crisis is destroying neighborhoods and endangering the lives of the housed and unhoused, Buschiano said. Over 60% of the fires that the LEFD have responded to this year have been related to homelessness. Allowing unregulated, sprawling encampments is not compassionate, it's reckless. That's why we must act now on passing regulations that will return the rights of every Angelino to enjoy our public spaces and prohibit encampments whenever people are offered shelter. We must support safe and clean sidewalks, parks, and beaches. We must support a livable city where we can raise our children without being subjected to rampant crime on our streets. The LA Times reported last week that 54% of the fires LEFD responded to this year, not 60% were related to homelessness. Furthermore, I'm not sure how he intends to prohibit people from living on the sidewalk before they have adequate shelter, safe shelter, and that's an issue. But thankfully, residents who had to be evacuated were allowed to return as the fire was 23% contained, supposedly more contained now. We have to make sure that officials and residents will be able to look into how to prevent homelessness and prevent wildfire. That's going to take quite a lot of work. So for now, thank you so much for listening and stay tuned because Reality Writes.